0: Hi again, everybody, moms and dads, boys and girls, you're listening to The Chatter. This is episode 93, Colleen. Awesome. We're recording on Monday, July 24th.
1: And what else is July 24th?
0: Oh, St. Charbel's uh, (laughs) feast day. That's your guy, St.
1: Charbel, and it's Tom's birthday.
0: Well, all right, cards and letters are welcome That's
1: right, or cups of coffee, yes.
0: Our guest is Liz Yor. We're going to talk about your children. We're going to talk about the Sound of Freedom Uh, the big movie. We've talked about that in a couple Mm -hmm. of episodes, and Mm -hmm. we're going to talk about the southern border and uh, what you need to know about that. And we'll begin in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, O Most Gracious gracious Virgin Virgin Mary, Mary, Mary. that
1: never was it known that anyone who fled fled to to Thy protection, 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 implored Thy help, or sought Thy intercession, was left unaided. unaided. Inspired Inspired by this confidence, I fly into Thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother, to Jay thee I, I come, before thee I stand, man, stand sinful and, and, sorrowful. and sorrowful. O Mother, Mother of the Word incarnate, incarnate despise, despise thou, not despise thou, my petitions, my but and in thy mercy, yours. hear and answer me. Answer me. Amen. Amen.
0: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So Liz, I'm trying to remember how we first met here. I know we met in um, in Lombard with uh, Father John Level and the canceled priests, and it's almost like you're in my home. Uh, weekly with Steve Bannon's War Room.
2: <laughs> well, I remember you very fondly because you were our um, Master of Ceremonies, oh, yeah. decked out in a very nice tuxedo, and um, did a marvelous job with your wonderful voice, and uh, this was at the first Canceled priest Conference, I think it was.
0: Yeah, last year over in, in uh, Beloit. Yeah. And then
2: I had the... Um, I just love going to um, Iowa and meeting um, all the Iowans um, at one of your fundraisers, Tom. And oh, uh, yeah, so that's that was right. a lot of fun. Yeah, two thousand twenty-one. You mm-hmm. were here. Mm-hmm. Yes, as I told um, the audience, um, my paternal side of the family um, came from Decorah, Iowa, oh. and. Um, the Donlins, and, uh, they came from, uh, Massachusetts to Iowa, so hmm. Iowa is very near and dear to my heart.
0: Well, it's good to have you on the program. When we talked in, um, Rosemont a while ago, we, we talked a bit about the movie and, um, and of course it was rather chaotic off stage with all of the things going on and you just caught my attention and you said tom what's going on on the border what's going on with the movie what's going on it's crazy i said liz we got to get a forum and you're coming on the chatter and so here you are give us some background on your legacy now uh with with children and abused children you've been doing this for decades
2: I have been. I won't tell you how old I am, but yes, I've been doing it for decades. Well, you just did um, it on my birthday. A, you can do that. <laughs> it's uh, It's been a real honor. Um, I always, people ask me, why did you go into child advocacy? I said, well, you know, I think it's being the oldest of six children. It was kind of a natural fit to advocate for children. Sure. Um, but I was um, an assistant attorney general in Illinois. Um, in the People's Republic of Illinois, as I like to call Mm -hmm, it. mm -hmm. Um, Then I became the general counsel at the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, which is the um, national hotline to report missing children and investigates missing children um, and also exploited children. And while I was there, I was asked to head up the international division Um, there. And so I handled a number of international child abductions, traveled around the world, because child exploitation, as we know, is an international problem. And then I came back to Illinois and headed up as general counsel, the Illinois Department of Children and Family Services, which is the state child welfare agency it's a statewide agency when i started there were fifty thousand children as wards of the state um children in care i like to call them wow um and um after uh when when i was at dcfs i realized that to my horror um that children in this in the uh, welfare system were never reported missing Many would go missing, hmm. especially the teenagers. We placed them in foster homes or um, in foster group homes, and mm-hmm. a number of the children would go missing. Runners, they called them, and but nobody, even though we're their guardian, no one <coughs> would report them to law enforcement as they're required to do, and no one would look for them. So we started the first missing children's unit, where we recovered most of not all the children who were um, on the run and missing from Illinois DCFS. And it was it, when looking for missing children that I came across one of our first um, federal um, investigations of child trafficking um, involving two wards. So I worked very closely with the FBI, the U.S. Attorney's Office, and many people in Illinois um, to recover Girls who were um, at a very young age brought into human trafficking.
0: What time? Uh, what time frame is it? What were the years you're talking? This
2: was about? in 2003, and the children, interestingly, were missing around the age of 12, and we did not find them until they were 16 years old. Oh my. Mm. Um, and um, but it's, it's a fascinating story I can go into deeper detail but it um, was a wake up call for me that many of the children in the child welfare system and you know even as late as 2003 uh, Illinois was the only state at that time that was looking for missing wards um, so you know it was just um, shocking that, you um, know- and we know that many runaways are part of children from foster care that is so from there uh, I was asked by Oprah Winfrey who's uh, you know headquartered in Chicago at the time to head up her um, initiative to ask Congress to pass stricter laws um, to protect children which we did and we were successful in getting some federal laws um, passed in addition to that, uh, while I was working there, she had opened up her school in South Africa, the Oprah One Free Leadership Academy for Girls, and sadly, within seven months of opening, there was a major um, sex abuse scandal there um, involving um, some of the employees um, preying on the children. Wow. So, I, you know, to my shock, I um, spent you know up to three and a half years going back and forth to South Africa and working with the criminal justice system in Africa and um, handling that case to fruition and assisting the girls um, to get help. So it's been, and since then I've uh, started Your Children. I consult on child cases, child exploitation cases. I do a lot of speeches, articles, um, both on child exploitation, child protection issues as well as um, issues involving the Catholic Church, because in my travels, I was involved in a number of clergy abuse investigations. So I'm equally committed to um, really exploring church issues, um, and as well as Waking up the public and educating the public on the issues of child exploitation. Because, so, Liz, I got to ask
0: you, you: this is the this is the time frame, two thousand three, when you're getting into this, and, and would, would it be fair to say that this is when you became aware of the problem?
2: Um, no, I was aware in the attorney general's office uh, way back when when I started of what time frame was that. E- uh, that was well, late 80s. Wow. 80, um, child abduction, child exploitation, and I was um, working some missing children's cases even back then. So, in um, having um, you know some success in finding long-term missing kids, most of those children were parental abductions. Mm-hmm. Um, a number of those were international parental abductions, where the children were taken out of the United States, American children. Mm-hmm. So um, I've been really involved in this issue most of my legal career. I always I always say, you know, I never liked math. And so I would never be really good negotiating, you know, these complex contracts that lawyers do involving money. So this was, for me, a natural fit. And also, quite frankly, I mean, there is no excitement, joy, pure, unadulterated happiness when you reunite children with their parents or find long-term missing kids. Mm-hmm. You know, I would tr- wouldn't trade that for you know all the you know big corporate mergers and acquisitions. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, um, you know, I can tell stories about seeing kids reunited with their parents at O'Hare Airport, it was just, you know, its you just feel like you're in one of the most perfect, grace-filled moments. Um, mm-hmm. So it's been a, a great career, one I, you know, never anticipated was going to take the interesting twists and turns.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Our guest is but Liz Yore from uh, Your Children. If you, you're wondering who that voice is that is sounding vaguely familiar,
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember one of the first um, missing children that a lot of people around here became familiar with was Johnny Gosh. Oh, in the I think yes. late '70s, maybe. He was because a newspaper. Was
0: Des yeah, newspaper carrier for the Register yes. out of Des Moines. I think. I'm Did you know familiar. about that? What'd you know yes, about I'm that? I'm very
2: miss? familiar with Johnny Gosh. I know his, you know, wonderful mother noreen um johnny i mean that was you know real wake-up call for the nation it was he was out um on his bike um i think around five in the morning if i'm not you sure. know, early morning
0: yeah
2: and um he was snatched um just disappeared into thin air mm-hmm. um and though and noreen has been his mom has been a huge advocate on behalf of missing children abducted children you know the interesting thing in our country is that many of the children that go missing because their parents um are such strong advocates for laws for policy changes that the actual laws get named after the children sure. who go missing mm-hmm. um you know uh uh J- johnny gosh we know um uh, up in, in Minnesota, there was, um, I'm blanking on his name right now, a little boy who went to a 7-Eleven with his brother and a friend on the bike and ended up um, being abducted and ultimately killed. And, um, of course, John Walsh's son, Adam Walsh, many laws are named after Adam Walsh. Um, but it's it's a testament to the parents who become the voice of the children, mm-hmm. and it's be it's also, you know, the the public as well as as well as the legislature can't say no to a parent who has suffered mm-hmm. the loss of a child. And
1: I think Adam you know? Walsh's father had a television show, didn't he? I mean, that yes. really brought the awareness yes. to the situation as well.
2: John Walsh was actually one of the founders of where I worked at the National Center for Missing and Exploited mm-hmm. Children. Okay. He was. The inspiration for President Reagan to form and create the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't you know it wasn't that long ago that we had no idea how to look for children mm-hmm. and no idea um, how to what laws were needed. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's you know it's you know the um, all sorts of the Adams Alert. The, all those you know, new mechanisms to find children mm-hmm. were used because of the tragedy of missing kids. Mm-hmm.
0: Liz, it strikes me when I listen um, and I hear the term exploited children or I hear the term uh, human trafficking, it just strikes me as, as uh, sanitizing the conversation. What say you? I mean, I, I, I mean, isn't this just out and out kidnapping and and slave trade?
2: Yes, it is. It's uh, the kidnapping of children for the purposes of sexual abuse, rape, exploitation. You know, the saying, and I think they've said they said it in the Sound um, a Freedom movie, is that when you sell a gun, you sell it once, but a mm-hmm. child can be sold repeatedly every day not only can the child be sold repeatedly every day but there's a byproduct which also is financially beneficial to the criminal and that's pornography um the, oh my. the filming of child pornography the filming of the abuse of the child um there's a huge market for child pornography um and i you know and i say to groups when i talk to you that you know the the people who watch pornography, many, many of those women that they see, and young men if they're watching, are victims of human trafficking, and so they are, you know, contributing obviously as consumers of pornography, um, to this vast what, the, you know, ten years ago we called it a hundred and fifty billion dollar industry, global mm-hmm. industry. They're still calling it $150 billion. It's mm-hmm. probably 10 times that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't really matter. It's a billion-dollar criminal entity organization that exploits children. It is, um, people cannot imagine how heinous and you know, the, the these kids are drugged. These kids are beaten. These kids are given alcohol, um, they are abused and tortured so that they become compliant for the traffickers. In one of the human trafficking cases I worked, um, the girls were living, so always star- always hungry, always hungry. But the men were making on each girl, on each girl, $250,000 a year.
1: Oh, my goodness.
2: And Yes, and so... And the girls were living with a bunch of other girls in flea bag hotels, never knowing when they were going to get fed. Whereas the men lived in suburban mansions with you know wow. fancy cars. Um, it um, so it is a slave trade, um, and um, it's you know that um, abuse. You know all these kids you know fall under this what we call the Stockholm syndrome.
0: Mm -hmm. First
2: of all, they're afraid to leave their trafficker. You know, everybody said, well, why don't they just leave? You know, why don't they, you know, just... um, First of all, the trafficker threatens that they're going to kill them or their family. I know where your family lives. You leave. I'm going to kill your mother. I'm going to abduct your little brother. You know, those are the kinds of threats that keep them with them. Um, And um, so, you know, it's... (laughs) You know, it's been going on for a long time. It's increased because of the internet, mm-hmm. the easy access of child pornography, the easy access to call up and get a victim. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's become just two clicks, and you're and you have what you're looking for. Um, you know, I did. I was involved in a documentary called Playground, and it's on YouTube, and at least the trailer is, and you can see it for free. Um, and the police officer talks about going on the internet and these primarily men would say I want a 10 year old boy I want him with blonde hair blue eyes and I'm coming into flying into Atlanta and I'll be there at nine o'clock and bring him to this hotel room I mean that's you know so any and all fetishes I mean it's it's the deep, dark underbelly of the internet. Liz I mean, it's as, it's
1: almost like ordering a pair of shoes. I mean, all the specifics is, yeah, of what they yeah. want is just
0: Liz. Hold, hold that. Hold that thought. We got to hold over on the break here. You're listening to Liz Yore from your children. We're going to talk about the movie uh, with Jim Caviezel coming up. We're going to talk about some of the uh, ideas Liz has to uh, pass this on to the next generation, and, and we're going to we're going to get deeper into this. Good. KCRD, you're listening to The Chatter. Hi, we're back. Liz Jor is our guest from uh, Chicago. We're talking about all things with uh, human trafficking and child exploitation, uh, more more uh, less genteelly known as uh, the the sex slave trade that's going on in America, evidently America is the big consumer of it. Colleen, you had some ideas on my
1: the break. goodness. We've, in our last segment, right before we went to break, Liz was talking about how someone might call up and say they're looking for a, a ten or eleven year old boy with blonde hair and blue eyes, and I mean, it's almost like you're ordering this online like like it's a pair of shoes or, or something but it's a person so it's incredible that people are taking orders for what kind of child you'd like
2: you know it, it's it's so heinous so diabolical um it's really unimaginable for most people but it the as i said the dark underbelly of the internet is i mean I, I can, Go on and on about what really goes on there. They share stories about how to groom children. These guys go on chat rooms and, you know, pass information techniques, what works. So let me just um, stop
1: you right there. We hear a lot about grooming children. Can you say exactly what that means? I don't know that everybody knows what it means to groom a child.
2: Grooming is to lower inhibitions of children who naturally have an aversion to any kind of sexualization. Um, it is, it starts off slow, it starts off apparently you know, somewhat naively. Um, we, we see that with what's going on in the schools, showing pictures, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. normalizing. Hold on, hold it, hold mm-hmm. it, stop right
0: there. You're, mm-hmm. I'm gonna pull a band and you buried the headline on that here. <laughs> draw, draw the connect the dots between what you just said um, and, and what's going on in schools because this is Colleen, this just broke in West Dubuque County over the weekend.
1: They're mm-hmm. mm-hmm. well, doing
0: in schools and libraries. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: yeah, I mean, I just saw an article a few weeks ago um, where they caught five or six teachers on a zoom call sharing um, tips. As to get kids to um, be more comfortable in, you know, in the sex ed classes and talking about various sexual issues. Mm. To, I mean, is, sexual issues, sexual positions. Mm. I mean, it's, it, it, and I almost jumped out of my seat because I was like, this is what the predators do on the internet in chat rooms. What's <laughs> the what, information? Uh, what zip
0: code was this, uh, Liz? Do you recall? I
2: wanted oh, oh, wait a minute. It was Illinois, it was the Midwest. It was in the Midwest. It mm. may have been I think there were a couple of states, Illinois, Indiana. I don't know if I was involved in it. But I, I could not you know, it was just this you know, they the left does not like you to call it grooming, right? They got all they got mm-hmm. all defensive, oh we're not grooming, no, no, no. Oh I mean, if you look at the books, if you look at what goes on in drag story queen hour if you look at the teaching materials Mm -hmm. this is precisely what the pedophiles are doing online sharing information sharing tips sharing pictures for their friends passing kids back and forth this is grooming that is going on in our schools I mean, you've seen the books. I mean, I've seen. I mean, it is unimaginable.
0: And it's not only going on in the schools, but it's our tax dollars that are funding it.
2: That's right. These, and you know, in when and this is this is an appropriate topic for a Catholic radio station. Why aren't we talking about the importance of innocence? Why aren't we elevating innocence um, as as a goal? to keep our kids as innocent as possible for as long as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, This is, and instead, the sexualization of children is scarring them for life, confusing them for life, to say nothing about the fact that they're not even getting educated. Um, And what kind of adult would take glee and interest in and I can't even mention the things that are in these books. I mean, I you know on, on radio. I mean, I, I mean I can you know oral sex, all different types of positions. There, this is for kindergartners, first graders. I mean, this mm. is mm. madness, folks. Mm. This is absolutely, obviously, I think they have pushed the envelope. This has woken up parents. Um, to the To the point where you know the, they're not going to have it anymore. Um, they'll pull their kids out of public schools. They'll suffer. They'll sacrifice. They'll mm-hmm. do whatever they can mm-hmm. to protect their ch- uh, childhood interests. Mm-hmm. We've got but,
1: the Mama Bears, I think, from yeah. Iowa. Dubai. Do you know the
0: Mama Bears, Liz? Do you know anything oh, yeah. about them? I know the Mama Bears. I think we caught something over the weekend of that. Moms of Liberty, Mama Bears, but... Um, they they got they got the uh, the Saul Alinsky tactic uh, where they were isolated and and uh, now they're now they're radicals they're mothers who are standing up for yes. their childrens uh, so yes. they're not being groomed and and that's being portrayed as being radical.
2: Well, and the FBI the FBI is coming after them. FBI is coming mm. after traditional Catholics, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. peace loving people, mm-hmm. parents who want to protect. Imagine you know, the whole idea of marriage and parents is to protect children from all the dangers, pedophiles and others out there. It's to educate, to love, to protect. And yet, you know, our libraries, by the way, I'm sure your your audience knows that the head of the American Library Association is a lesbian Marxist. Um, and, you know, Places that we always considered safe—libraries, schools—they're mm-hmm. um, coming after Catholics. our kids. They're coming mm-hmm. after They're our coming kids. They're coming after. And, and you know, you've you've seen probably the chant: "We're coming for your kids." Yeah, We're coming for your kids. Yeah, mm-hmm. they are coming for your kids. Mm-hmm. You know, this is this is the golden ring that they want. They want to corrupt. Younger generations, younger and younger and younger. And the end goal, the end goal, and now when I used to say this 20 years ago, people say, oh, no, sure. well, that's an exaggeration. The end goal is to decriminalize pedophilia. To decriminalize. Say that again. Say that again. The end goal is to decriminalize pedophilia. And this is how they will do it. They will eliminate the age of consent in every, um, every state. And so a child um, will, can consent at age 12 to sex. Um,
0: Are you saying this will basically usurp parental rights?
2: To, oh, they're already usurping parental rights in California. If you, if you object to your child being brainwashed into this insane gender ideology, they're going to take your children away. They're going to use a DCFS to take your children away. Mm. Um, I mean, they, they you know, the government has a lot of power. And like China, this government is using the FBI to come after peace-loving people, the child protection um, uh, institutions and agencies to come after your children. Look, the biggest threat... To parents, fear of parents is to lose their child, to be you know, declared an abusive and neglectful parent. Um, well, now they're fashioning statutes and laws and policies that if you don't submit your child to this radical gender ideology, we're going to take your kids from, from you.
1: So if the goal is to uh, decriminalize pedophilia, Mm-hmm. What is the purpose? Is it just more destruction on the family, or what yes. is what is what's, yeah? What's the what's M- really game? driving it?
2: It's it's Mar- the ho- at the heart is a Marxist ideology. Gender ide- ide- ideology comes straight out of Marx. It's to destroy the nuclear family, which is the one protective cell that raises up healthy individuals who um, can function, carry on. Uh, for generations, families. It's also to depopulate. I mean, this is you know they they pushed abortion, they pushed Planned Parenthood, um, contraception. The they pushed contraception. Ideology. This well, is the next ideology. Is that how many thousands of children are on puberty blockers to destroy their fertility?
0: Mm-hmm. permanently
2: mm-hmm. how many thousands of children are getting um, sex mutilation uh, surgeries to permanently destroy their fertility mm-hmm. this is well this and is, that's
1: why it's diabolical right because God yes. is the author of life God creates God brings life and the enemy wants death. The enemy wants fer- er, sterility. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the whole opposite of what God wants, which is life.
2: You know, I have studied this, watched this, you know, from, you know, all various angles. This is the what they call the social contagion. This is a fad. This is a cult. It's a mo- much more dangerous cult. But it, Because it's a cult that be, is being driven not only by the government, but by corporations, by schools, um, by every imaginable entity with power out there Um, they're all on board and they all have incentives look you know a child who has gender reassignment surgery um, is permanently a patient in need of medical intervention for the rest of their life and pharmaceuticals for the rest of their life say that Um, again
0: Liz I don't think people are picking up on that
2: a, a child who undergoes sex reassignment Send you know, any kind of mutilation of their um, uh, genitals, puberty blockers is a patient for life.
0: We'll say they that more, more precisely, they're a slave to the pharmaceuticals till the day they die. Is that true? That's
2: right? Now listen, this is the thing they do. Yes, this is what they don't want you to know. John Hopkins Hospital, who did this gender reassignment surgery mm-hmm. in the 70s, stopped doing it. Look up Paul McHugh. I would urge uh, Dr. Paul McHugh. They stopped doing the surgery, you know, John Hopkins, uh, because they found a huge suicide rate afterwards. Um, and you know, and the threat, of course, is your child's going to commit suicide if you don't let them have the surgery, right? Well, no, right. the opposite is true. This and and secondly, they also found out the dam realized the damage that was done to children. There's a Denmark study um, that's just come out in Denmark. You know, free to be me, Denmark has been doing these surgeries for a long time. And I think the country is now outlawed them and the research is now coming out about the suicide rate wow of children of people who have undergone these surgeries look this is part of it is cult social contagion the fad that is just a mania right now it's a mania
0: mm-hmm.
2: part of it is um mental severe mental illness I mean, you look at Dylan Mulvaney, mm-hmm. my goodness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that guy is just, you know, talk about, you know, stuck in, uh, not stuck even in adolescence, stuck in childhood, the mm-hmm. narcissism, the exhibitionism. These people are profoundly in need of mental health intervention mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> and not, you know, lop off their Mm-hmm. private parts. Mm-hmm. And the courts, mm-hmm. one um, after another,
0: the courts are just, um, when they say justice is blind, they're absolutely right. I mean, it's incredible how one justice and one, one it, uh, jurisdiction after another is incredibly crazy. Just incredibly it, yeah, crazy. Yeah, it, and
2: it's it's terrifying because they're, they're permanently damaging Children, our future generation, and these kids are going to turn on their parents at some point. Going to turn on society, the society that didn't protect them. Um, it's it is a nightmare. The burden that we're going to have, both a societal burden, um, a cost burden, of these you know profoundly, emotionally and mentally ill. And damaged individuals um, and you know look what does it require it requires martyrs for the cause it requires doctors who will stand up who will say I know I may lose my law license, my medical license I know I may be subjected to all sorts of harassment yeah in um, and- you know, chased out of my medical field, just like the doctors, you know, during COVID,
0: well, frontline d- doctors who hey, stood up. Weigh in on this, Liz. You're, you're talking about something. You mentioned this is uh, an appropriate topic for Catholic radio. But in the context of what you're just talking about, where people need to have courage, I see in California certain school districts were being threatened by Newsom out there with lack of funding if they didn't mm-hmm. follow the, the new curriculum. Where do you think Catholic schools across the nation, but particularly here in the Midwest, have to where are they going to fall in line in terms of the courage necessary to uh, <coughs> to, to draw a line well, in the sand? Well, you know,
2: the U.S.
0: <sighs> we got, we got um, two minutes to the break, Liz. I,
2: I, I think we're going to see everything. I think it's going to be across the board. I think it's going to be partly um, based on red state, blue state. I think it's going to be uh, depend on the kind of uh, strong episcopal leadership out of these dioceses um, and um, so you I think you we're think see a new
0: you think some of these bishops are going to uh, cave in go with the uh, red state blue state uh, narrative and and they're either going to remain silent or be proponents thereof uh, this Tom, mad look, ideology look
2: at the Look at the instrumentum laboris, the working document on the synod on synodality. We must welcome and include not just LGBTQIA plus plus what's plus plus, but also I don't know. Poly- I'm polygamous marriages. Oh, is polygamous that in there? Marriages. I mean, sh- yeah, yes.
1: <laughs> I did not know that it's was in, in there.
2: The instrument. It's in the um, and so, and so, um, and and I know that there are cardinals in this in their diocese right now who are starting to identify certain parishes as LGBT parishes and promoting them. Um, do you think for one minute? I mean, people have to just wake up. You know, the drag queen story hour, the sisters of perpetual indulgence. Mm-hmm. They're going to show up at certain masses and in certain schools. Um, And, you know, it's, and when, and when the government, the state governments become draconian on the schools, both public and private, as they did during COVID, there was Mm -hmm. no distinction between Mm -hmm. either. Mm -hmm. Um, um, We're going to see the same thing in this. Um, They want to see the Catholic church Heal under this new gendered dictatorship.
0: Incredible. And, our our you know, guest thus far, is. Thus far. Go ahead, Liz.
2: Thus far, I I don't see a cry in who, you from from the bishops like we need.
0: Our our guest is Liz Yore, otherwise known as the Bluebird of Happiness, <laughs> who's telling it the way it is on the on the ninety third episode of the Chatter. We brought you on the show to talk about the movie with Jim Caviezel, The Sound of Freedom, and so far we haven't gotten there. We're going to do that in segment three (laughs) right after these announcements, Liz. We're back. This is the chatter, the ninety-third episode on FM ninety-eight point three KCRD and the mobile app. We've been so ingrained, we haven't even mentioned the sponsor. We
1: haven't even mentioned that we're sponsored by HotWorks over on Holiday Drive with two L's.
0: Yes, and I want you to go over and tell, tell, um, tell Melissa, Melissa, that they don't talk about you on the show. So go, <laughs> go, say hi to Melissa.
1: So thanks to HotWorks for sponsoring absolutely the chatter. Yes. And now we yeah. haven't even talked about the whole reason we brought Liz on the go show. Go for it. So the movie Sound of Freedom. I have to confess, I haven't seen it. Tom, you've seen it.
0: Yeah, I yeah, saw we saw it twice a couple years I may ago. I go back a third time.
1: Oh, I saw a very disturbing movie on human trafficking, and so I'm kind of reluctant to go see this one because it, it's very disturbing. But we wanted Liz's perspective on the movie, any insights into the movie. Um, and so, Liz, why don't you why don't you talk to the listeners about the movie and maybe what went into making it, how accurate was it, etc.
2: Sure. Um, I would encourage people to see it. I've been involved in some documentaries on human trafficking. And this is not, uh, Sound of Freedom is one that doesn't really show you the gritty, gritty details. Mm -hmm. It's done artistically and very thoughtfully. Um, I would, I just got back from Canada. I was up in Toronto. And it's on fire up in Toronto as well. Hmm. Um, the movie, I think, took five years to make. Um, it was owned by Disney for quite some time. It took a lot of negotiations to get it out from under um, Disney. And the problem is, is that they did not want to distribute this movie. <clears throat> and so the um, Mexican-American actor... Edward Verestegue um, was one of the producers. Jim Caviezel, of course, as everybody knows, Jesus Christ and the Passion of Christ, um, played Tim Ballard, um, who was the um, who is, Tim Ballard is the founder of um, the undergr- our Underground Network mm-hmm. Railroad, which is um, a nonprofit organization that he founded after he left Homeland Security. He felt that Homeland Security, there were too many... Constrictions on his work in human trafficking. So he founded this, um, his own private uh, charity to rescue kids around the world from the snares of human trafficking. So this is a, the movie portrays a snapshot in time. Um, it, and it involves largely an international abduction um, where the children were lured um, to become little models and when the father dropped them off and when he comes back to pick up these i would say it's a eight-year-old and ten-year-old girl boy um the children are gone and so tim the story of sound of freedom is tim ballard chases down uh these traffickers um the the brother and sister were separated the brothers found first you know And the movie
0: movie gives us some insight to the grooming you were mentioning earlier, how that goes about.
2: Yes, I think it was done quite well. Yeah, I think it was, um, it's not um, a horror movie, but it's chilling.
0: No, it's it's not a horror movie, but it's a horrible theme.
2: Yes, exactly. Well said, Tom. And I would encourage people to see it. Um, It has really, I think, awakened the conscience of the country. Um, and, you know, and frankly, everywhere I go, even before the movie, but especially now after the movie, people are saying, what can I do? I'm I'm a trauma doctor. I, I you know, mm. I'm done. I want to retire and I want to just work in this field. Wow. Um, police officers. Every, you know, it's just it, because this really touches a lot of professions and a lot of people can help. Now, this is my pitch. To the audience, mm-hmm. what I know after 30 years in child exploitation, yeah. the American public, your average person, are the eyes and ears of law enforcement. If you see something, say something. Mm-hmm. You know, the the children of this country um, need, you know, police can't be everywhere, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I, I tell mothers' groups you know, Catholic groups, all sorts of groups. I tell you, if your gut tells you something's not right with a child, mm-hmm. act on it, mm-hmm. because your gut is probably right. Mm-hmm. And, and so, um, I, you know, I think, and we've had, we've had cases just recently um, um, in Breitbart, the, the case of a child who was abducted at the, in Texas, a, mm. little, a 13-year-old girl abducted by, at gunpoint, taken to California, And she, while her abductor was in the laundromat washing clothes, she held up a sign in the car, "Help me!" Mm -hmm. And somebody walking by, your average Joe Q. Public, called the police and rescued her. And they had been looking for her in Texas. There were Mm -hmm. all points bulletin out, but here, here, this is a perfect example, and this just happened.
0: She's um, two thousand miles away in California.
2: Yes, and so, but it was the public that saved her. It was the public that acted, and so um, you know, I, um, I, we're now really, I'm actively looking for, um, groups of people, law enforcement, local retired law enforcement, retired military, wounded warriors, um, doctors, lawyers, um, therapists. Um, anybody who um, is so moved um, to, we're going to start doing uh, find um, a university to do not only training for the public, but also we're going to the next generation of kids. Psychology students, medical students, law students, um, kids who are in computers. I know the importance of you know cyber technology and finding and tracking mm-hmm. down these bad guys. There is there's almost no field that isn't touched by this and can help these kids. Um, so, Liz, i I got, I I got so to ask
0: you, Liz, it sounds like you want to turn America into one great big neighborhood watch, which probably makes sense. But what do you say to the average American that says, well, that happens in a big city or that doesn't happen in Iowa, doesn't happen mm-hmm. in South Dakota? What do you say to that? well
2: and this goes to our next there is not every town is a border town every town now has trafficking victims we've seen them in the fancy suburbs of chicago human trafficking rings picked up
1: Mm -hmm. um
2: and there's no suburb small town that isn't touched by this issue and sadly to say and and frankly i will i will tell you the they're now saying that there are 85,000 unaccompanied minor children who have crossed the border in the last two years. I think that number is low. I think there's a hundred thousand if not more. And let me explain what an unaccompanied minor child is. That is a child that comes across the border without a parent, without a guardian, with a piece of paper with a phone number or maybe a city. They don't speak the language. There are children from 157 countries around the world who have crossed the border in the last two years. There are, and probably in the last two years, anywhere from up to 5 to 8 million illegal aliens in the United States. And let me tell you, let me tell you, remember there was a big bruja that that Trump separated children at the border from right. supposedly their parents. He did that for this reason. He conducted DNA tests on the children and the people who they claim are their parents to verify, to make sure that they're not traffickers. Um, he, he did that to check the background of the people who is who are going to sponsor these children. Now, let me tell you what's happening now these children, there's no DNA given. There's no fingerprints given. They are dropped off with people who say they're sponsors. Many of these sponsors are illegal aliens themselves. They're not doing, I mean, this is so horrendous, being in the business that I was in, they're not doing background checks. Of any criminal background checks of any of these people that they're dropping these children off. There are no requirements. There are no policies. There are houses with we know from whistleblowers twenty and forty children living in small houses um, uh, with strange people. Um, this is a catastrophe that is going to light this country on fire. They. This is. You know, there are. There are so many children who are falling victim because I will tell you the number one rule regarding human trafficking and regarding predators. And we know this from the church. Predators go where the children are. We know that they're predators in teaching. We know that they're predators um, in coaching because they have easy access to children. Well, we have no idea the number of quote-unquote sponsors, people who are raising these, who are taking custody, legal custody of these 80, you know, a hundred, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of children have come over the border. This is a report that I have received from the House Minority Committee about the state of these children. They are living in poverty in human trafficking, in labor trafficking. And guess what? 85,000 at least have gone missing. They're not tracking them. They don't know where these children or people are. They are gone into the interior of the United States, falling victims to the worst of the worst in this country. Um, It's, I, I mean... And, you know, one of the primary facilitators of this child trafficking at the Borders Catholic Charities, who's getting hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars from the federal government to put these children, unknown to them, on buses and on planes and dropping them off in the middle of a big city to address that they may have a piece of paper on. I mean, to a person who they have no idea. Is this is happening every day? I mean, two. What was two hundred over two hundred thousand illegal immigrants came over in one month. Just nobody knows who who they are or where they're at, and and um, the the criminal activity. They've emptied out jails in in Central America. They're pouring over from Cuba and Africa and. Pakistan, and just to show you what a catastrophic societal problem this is, um, children are coming from deep in Mexico, where they speak a Mayan um, in- Mayan language, mm-hmm. ancient Mayan language that no, there is no translation for. Nobody even understands it unless they lived in that village. People are coming from Pakistan. There are eighty-one different languages in Pakistan. How are these children and people going to access medical services, educational services, work, um, communicate? Um, But this is the catastrophe that's going on right now. And the information has been totally censored. Uh, Unless you know where to look for it, you're not going to find it. But the, you know, I used to say there, are, you know, three hundred fifty thousand children in human trafficking in the United States. Mm-hmm. It's got to be a million now. We have no idea how many. It's just, I mean, to throw out any number is really ridiculous because it's so, um, the problem is so huge. You make it um, sound
0: like these. Uh did you call them sponsors that are coming to pick these children up at the border or whatever centers? You make it sound like it's curbside pickup, Liz.
2: Some of it is curbside pickup. It's dump and run. They're dumping these kids at hotels. They're dumping these kids at, you know, flea bag houses, trailer parks. Dumping them. Dumping them and run. Nobody's <laughs> checking on these people. You know, let me just give you a snapshot. A child who comes into care in DCFS, a child who's been abused and neglected by their parents, if we put them with a foster parent, that foster parent has gone through six to eight weeks of intensive investigation Mm -hmm. and training. We go through their homes. We check the cribs. We check all sorts of references. We do an FBI background check. And even then, and we make um, anonymous Uh, visits and do not just to make sure that the child is taken care of Mm -hmm. that's the extent i mean that's a quick version but to make sure that foster parents are loving and kind and capable and able to protect these children uh these kids are being thrown to strangers it's 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 total madness and it is the, it's the negligence on the part of the Biden administration. And that's why, my friends, that's why they have taken down many of the Department of Justice website. They've scrubbed on international human trafficking, on the crimes and policies that they put in place. Because they don't want the American public to know, to go on the Department of Justice, Job- Justice website and to see all the federal laws that our administration is violating. Um, so that's that's why you need to see the movie and be moved, pray and be moved to see how the how the Holy Spirit is moving you to be involved. Most importantly, it is I you know I would say is to raise healthy families, to be a great parent, to be a great. Grandparent um, to b- raise up citizens who um, are thoughtful and caring and productive.
0: Liz, um, we get we got we got two minutes left, Liz, and you've you've uh, raised the hackles of some of the listeners. How, <laughs> when, if they see something and say something, I think they get that. Uh, to whom do they say this here? What what are some practical? steps that we can give people to uh, take action when something doesn't look right
2: yes okay so i would you know in the old days it was top down i would now start with your local sheriff and your local police department if you see something call your police department um because don't call the fbi (laughs) call your local police department they need to know what's going on in the community and more likely than not they will take action To intervene. Um, In our show notes, I have a list of a number of hotlines. If you um, are concerned about a missing child, Mm -hmm. um, there's also the National Center for Missing and um, Exploited Children, 1 800 The Lost. Um, Also, the National Runaway Hotline is a very important hotline. If a child is missing or runaway, call the hotline and call the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Um, the, um, that would be... And, and what I would love to see in communities is churches, schools, um, teachers, coaches work in a small task force with your local police department and sheriff to do training, to do educational videos, to communicate, to build... Um, a protective community for our kids. Um, if you're doing that, the chances that um, a trafficking uh, cartel is going to start moving into community is rare. Um, so start local, um, all politics are local, and we know that you know Moms from Li- for Liberty and the Mama Bears have really, in a matter of two short years, transformed this country. Well, let's keep going. Let's keep protecting our children. Let's keep them innocent. And um, let's save our beautiful country.
1: That's a nice way to end on a note of hope that we can do something.
0: Liz, yours has been our guest. She's um, with your children for for decades. And uh, we've got all your show notes, Liz, uh, uh, ready, along with the bright uh, BART report that you did. It's yourchildren.com, and it's, it's your is spelled Y O R. That's Liz's last name. Y O R E. Y O R E children.com is Liz's website. Liz, thanks for being well, our guest.
2: Thank you so much, and go Hawkeyes. I love Iowa. <laughs> it's the heartland of our country, and uh, you can tell, great people. Kickoff
0: coming soon. Let's end in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Glory be to
1: the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, beginning, is is now, and and ever shall be, world World without without end. end. Amen. Amen.
0: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Episode 93 of The Chatter has come to an end. Tune in again next week. We love you.